Hello, everybody, and thank you for listening to this special Behind the Biz episode of the Student Housing Insight Podcast. I'm your host, Wesley Dees, and if you're new to the podcast, thanks for joining in, and if you work in the student housing industry, I strongly suggest two things. One, subscribe to the podcast on whatever service you get your podcasts from. Two, join the Student Housing Insight community by going to our website at studenthousinginsight.com and click on the login button up in the upper right-hand corner. Once you register, you'll have access to not only post about the podcast, but we also have a job board and a ton of resources. But most importantly, you are joining a community of student housing professionals who are discussing ways to make student housing better, which is our mission here. So if you haven't heard our Behind the Biz episodes before, these are episodes where we highlight our sponsors and what they are doing to not only make student housing better, but to make your job easier as an owner or manager of student housing. We also dig a little into what their company is all about, uh, their origin story, how they got started, their company culture, and where they're headed as a company. We do this because those things are important when choosing a service provider. It gives you a connection to the company and some insight into how they operate. Also, I want you, the listener, to know that Student Housing Insight will never promote or partner with a company that we don't believe shares in our mission to to make student housing better. I want you to know that we don't sell sponsorships to anyone who is wanting to get in front of student housing professionals. Companies that want to do that are more than welcome to exhibit at our summits because that allows you the listener, the student housing professional, to meet with them individually and determine if their service makes sense for you. But to sponsor our podcast or to be a sponsor of a summit or another event we do, I personally vet those sponsors because I'm not going to promote someone that we don't believe has a grasp on student housing and the unique challenges that it presents. Once vetted, they are invited to sponsor. So rest assured, if a company is sponsoring this podcast or listed as an event sponsor, we know them, we talk to them on a regular basis, and we believe they will serve you well. And if you ever end up having an experience with one of our sponsors that is contrary to that, drop us a line and let us know about it. We'll investigate it, and if we determine they are out of line, they won't be invited to sponsor again. So today we are talking to Kevin Jones, founder and CEO of Simple Bills. Many of you probably use Simple Bills for your utility management needs, but did you know Kevin and his college roommate started the company their senior year at Baylor after being frustrated with splitting up their utility bills? It's a cool story, so take a listen. Kevin, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Wes. Thanks for having me, man. Well, hey, there's um, uh, there, there's a lot of cool things that we need to talk about with Simple Bills. But before we get into that, I want to just thank you guys for for being one of our sponsors this year, both on the podcast as well as uh, with our with our regional summits. 
you guys actually played a kind of a, a big role in in our Southwest Summit being in Waco, Texas, because you and I were doing some some talking. You guys have brought me in for some consulting on some other stuff. And as as I toured around Waco and realized, you know, how cool it was, how kind of central it was between Dallas and and Austin. It just it made all the the sense in the world for us to to do something there. So it was a really great time. It was pretty hot in September, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think we reached 103 the day that we had it. But uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was a great time, and and just love the city of Waco and and Baylor. So thanks for kind of showing me around and yeah. making a few connections there. And uh, we had a we had a great time. Yeah, it was a great time. It was great to host you and. Loved having the the conference here in town in our backyard. So in the heart of Texas is what we call it. So. <laughs> well, hey, I, I wanted to to sit down with you and talk a little bit about you know what's going on at Simple Bills, the origin story, all those things, and, and as well as some recent news that came out earlier this summer with an acquisition from from RealPage. But before we get into all that, let's just make sure that the audience is aware of of what Simple Bills does and how they service the student housing industry. Yeah, for sure. So Simple Bills is a complete utility management service that got its start in student housing based off an issue that we're trying to solve. But at a high level, Simple Bills retrieves utility bills on a monthly basis. We invoice residents Uh, For their portion of the utilities, we collect from the residents through a user portal, a platform that the customer has access to. We invoice the property for their common areas, vacants, and whatnot. Uh, We collect from all parties, and then we pay the utility providers. During that process, month in, month out, we're auditing, reviewing the bills, and making sure everything is lining up to be as successful as possible for for those properties, trying to recoup as much utility expense as possible. That's the service at the highest level. A lot of value adds within Simple Bills that we bring to the table because we are invoicing the residents and collecting from the residents. Uh, That means the property is not having to float any invoices. So we're not requesting any pre-funding, which is very common in the utility space. That's a huge Um, benefit. Yeah. So... We estimate that whenever we invoice at a property, we see you know, 70, 80% of the total amount of the bill actually goes to the residents. So when we're invoicing those utilities and we're collecting that, that's, that's, amount, that's the money the property's not having to float. The timeliness of our invoice is key as well. We are very, very incentivized to get those invoices out as fast as possible. We don't wait uh, to add the utility to the ledger uh, for the resident, let's say on the first of the month. We invoice uh, as close to the utility provider billing dates as possible. So when, when, uh, when the electric bill comes out, which is main, the main driver for simple bills, we will invoice usually the residents within 24 to 48 hours so that we can you know, get the funding to pay those bills. But at the end of the day, the property doesn't have to have any pre-funding to utilize simple. There's no pre-funding. And second is... We pay all, any and all late fees if it ever comes to be that point. Because we are invoicing and collecting, we're guaranteeing uh, no late fees for the property because we're managing that process with the providers. So that's just a, those are probably the biggest pieces for, for an owner or operator to utilize the platform. But then on the resident side, there's, there's a significant amount of benefit with 
the user experience. Our goal is to control the resident experience so that, that it is successful instead of what I like to say, kicking the resident to the curb right after they move <laughs> in to tell them to go put a utility in their name and uh, good luck paying deposits. That doesn't exist. All the utilities with simple bills, all the utilities remain in the owner operator's name. And so when the resident walks in, lights are already on and all they have to do is just complete their simple bills enrollment, which is done through uh, integration with the, with the property management software. And we're very proactive in, uh, in getting that done before we move in. So, yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, you know, as you're as you're talking about, you know, the service and 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 what you guys provide to the property managers, I get a little jealous. Um, and you know, I talk to a lot of the property managers and site managers at our summits, and everybody's you know utilizing you guys or one of your competitors. And you know, back when I was on site. Uh, these companies didn't exist and there was a lot of frustration and a lot of extra work on the staff at the site. And it was, you know, both with communicating things with the, with the utility companies. And, and then on top of that, just the process of billing everything back to the, to the resident and you guys make it super simple, super transparent for everybody involved. And, and like I said, I'm just, I'm kind of jealous. And, you know, for me, it was a, you know, what I love about being entrepreneurs, uh, you and your partner, Colin, you know, are the, are the founders for, um, for simple bills. And what I love about you guys and with any entrepreneur is, you guys had a frustration point and you found a solution, you know, for, for me as an assistant manager on site at the time, you know, I had a, I had a huge frustration with it and really couldn't, you know, was so focused on how do I solve it for my residents versus, Hey, how can, how can this be scalable and actually solve this for, for property managers, not just within student housing, but even outside of student housing, because it's something that all of us have to deal with from a multifamily standpoint. So, so give us a little bit of that origin story of, of how this was a frustration for, for you and Colin and how you guys attacked this thing and, and ended up creating a company out of it. Yeah, for sure. It's my favorite part of Simple Bills is how we got started. <laughs> and even better part is I get to throw Colin under the bus all the time. <laughs> um, Colin and I have known each other for most of our life. We grew up together in the Houston area, and then we made our way uh, over to Baylor uh, University. We lived together our sophomore year off campus, and it was a complete disaster on a monthly basis trying to pay the utilities and reimburse each other every single month. Uh, we kind of did that model where each roommate would put a utility in their name. Yeah. And we lived, uh, we lived that route, and it was not successful by any means. Most of the time, I would pay the electric bill because that was in my name, uh, and then I would have to go get money from other guys because the electric bill is usually the, the, the largest bill. So now was Colin a, was Colin a roommate as yeah, well during Colin the was a roommate, <laughs> and uh, he was what we call the deadbeat because he would never pay me. And uh, so, which utility did he did he have? In his I believe name? he had the water bill in his name. Um, and thankfully that bill, I guess, was on auto pay because I'm shocked it even got paid. Um, <laughs> anyways, we're thankful that he runs our operations now. <laughs> uh, definitely things have changed for sure. You know, that was 11 years ago. But, you know, we that was our sophomore year. We going into our senior year, we decided to live together again. And we had uh, this very vivid memory of what a pain it was 
to set up the utilities and then also to pay each other back every month. So we actually sought out a platform going into our senior year to help us set up the utilities and that it failed. It didn't work. We walked in the day we move in and the lights wouldn't turn on. And unfortunately oh, wow. that was on a Friday and we didn't get power till Monday. Uh, huh. and so we had a lot of time to think about how the heck we could fix this. The iPhone hadn't come out quite yet. <laughs> and so there wasn't as many uh, opportunities with applications then. Yeah. <clears throat> so we really focused on service. And so the, during that time, we thought, well, let's help residents set up utilities, which is a pain point, And then let's help them split the utilities and then collect from their roommates so they don't have to go knocking on their door every single month, putting a sticky note on their door, texting them saying, hey, pay me. Right. And so that was the basis of the, the problem. Uh, and the solution was we, we assisted residents setting up utilities, and then every month we'd retrieve a copy of the utility bills, invoice the residents, the residents would pay simple bills, and and uh, we'd pay the providers. It was a strictly business-to-consumer platform, and our service started off uh, through an Excel spreadsheet and paper contracts, and we had an <laughs> office right next to campus, and we would we would have literally a line of people waiting to sign a simple bills contract. Wow. The original name was called Bear Bills for Baylor University. Okay. So everyone uh, was lining up to sign up for Bear Bills. We launched our service in January of 2009, and it was with Pilot. We went house to house, just knocking on people's door, pitching this idea. And we had uh, 25 homes to say yes. So basically, uh, January of 2009 to May of 2009 was our trial. It was really successful, but it was also much of a learning curve. It was so successful that, you know, we really pushed and marketed our platform in Waco, Texas a lot, uh, so much so that by August, we had 2,000 people on our platform. Wow. The new school year. Wow. And that's mind amazing. you, that was all on paper contracts and we were doing this through an Excel, Excel spreadsheet. So we quickly- And the enrollment, what, what was the enrollment at Baylor at that point? I mean, um, I think that, it was that's probably, a significant- yeah, it was significant. Fresh, uh, freshmen have to live on campus, uh, and the enrollment probably was around thirteen thousand, maybe. Yeah. So, wow. It was, yeah, it was, it was a good chunk, especially for our first few months of business. We quickly realized we needed a platform, so we started building it. And well, and, and wait a minute, I'm thinking about this too. So, was that two thousand, like two thousand meters, or was that two thousand students? Two thousand students. Okay. So it was okay. like oh, six or eight hundred homes apartments. It's still a lot, yeah. It's still a lot. That's a huge for sure. amount for, for sure. Waco. <laughs> for Waco, Texas. That's right. And at at that time, there was not a lot of purpose built around Waco. Uh, since then, there's been a big few big players that have come in and helped out. But it, it was a lot of homes, duplexes, so single family stuff. So from from then on, the 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 rest is more or less history. We have our platform has really excelled significantly since then. We started in Waco, uh, and then we would get phone calls from parents saying, hey, you, you service my son or daughter at, at Baylor, but I've got another son or daughter at A&M. Can you, can you service uh, our, our, our son or daughter That's there? so cool. So it wasn't our bright idea to expand. It was someone else's. <laughs> um, so that's what we did. We went to that market. We did some market research. We did some polling to identify how much we could charge for the platform. And it was very much a grassroots approach. And we, uh, we launched what we called Aggie Bills at the time. And Aggie Bills was our second market. And it, it caught on really, really well. And we, from there, just went market to market in Texas. And then one night I was sitting down 
with uh, Mike. He was our previous CEO, and I was talking to him. I was thinking, well, why couldn't we go national with this platform? Uh, I, I vividly remember this, and he's like, "Yeah, we should we should think about that. I mean, what, what what would the obstacles be?" And we talked through some of the things, and regulatory came up, and, and operations came up. That's uh, figuring out how we'd retrieve bills and whatnot. The very next day, we had four girls in Virginia sign up for our platform. Oh wow! Um, no joke. And so that uh, that led us to start. Uh, operating our service uh, in other markets. We quickly realized that our platform was not just for residents, but also for the operators and owners as well. Um, so we would walk into a property and we would pitch our platform for the residents and the owner operator would look at us and say, well, what could you do for me? Uh, and as we literally just listened to them, we started creating processes and solutions for them. Yeah. So, and that has evolved to everything from just common area management to meter installs to procurement for energy and the whole gamut of of utility management. So, fast forward to today, and we are definitely a thriving company. We are in Waco, Texas, still. We've got about seventy employees and are poised to grow significantly. And we are kind of a, a full service. Uh, with a suite of products for for operators, owners, and the residents to utilize a utility platform for for their needs. So, so you know, I I want to get into to a little bit more about you know as we as we get here to today, what's happening with the company with the recent acquisition. But before we even get into that, you know, when it when it comes to to the utility services to the resident, what's what surprised you the most in student housing? Yeah, um, I think what surprised me the most, uh, specifically with residents, is um, they are very much a self-help type of generation, and that's been pretty consistent over the past at least five or seven years. I was my I, I, I did not expect that. So we've really developed our platform to allow the resident to identify as much information as possible. So we always say transparency is key, and as much information that we can provide to the resident obviously to their parents. There's so many parties involved with um, utilities and student housing. The more information <laughs> that we can provide, the better um, when, when it comes to the, to the resident. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's not just, you know, if you've got a 500 bed property, it's not just, it's just, it's not just 500 customers. It's, it's 500 direct customers plus their parents. You know, now you're dealing with, you know, up to 1500 individuals. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot of fun. Sure. Yeah. And our name is behind the utility bill, whether that's electric, gas, water, trash. Um, yeah. So we're the go-to for all of those questions. And so. So, uh, so let's go ahead and, and uh, talk about that acquisition that happened this summer with, with RealPage. Uh, I know there's probably not a whole lot behind what, you know, from, from my vantage point, nothing's really changed with, with simple bills and, and how you guys are, are operating. And it seems like a very strategic move to, to take you guys even beyond student housing, uh, which you guys have been, you guys have been playing in the conventional set for I guess a couple of years now, but just for you know, our audience who is, you know, maybe they were simple bills customers prior to the acquisition and, you know, want to understand a little bit more behind what, what's behind that. Uh, give us kind of an update on, you know, what happened um, from that standpoint and what that's going to be able to, to provide to your customers moving forward. Yeah. 
So uh, in order to do that, you know, people really need to understand of what kind of company we were. Colin and I started this in, in college, and uh, we bootstrapped our way all the way through uh, to where we are prior to the acquisition. So we didn't we didn't bring on any big money. Uh, we didn't seek out any private equity or go the VC route. Uh, That's amazing. Did, That's absolutely did, amazing. <laughs> thanks, man. We did the uh, what I learned in school was the the three F's: the the friends, the families, and the fools. Um, and most people were fools for a while until we started making uh, a little bit of money, improving our model. Yeah. But yeah, we, we are very, very excited about the acquisition with, with real page. They, uh, they definitely see our impact in the marketplace and kind of identified us as a platform that they really need and that they could provide to their clients even, uh, as, as we all grow. But you know, it, we are super excited about it because, we're still Simple Bill's brand. We just have a lot more resources behind us financially in order to grow. They're definitely going to help us uh, out with uh, the regulatory side, um, HR side, which is really nice because you're speaking to the HR guy up until <laughs> previous <laughs> acquisition. Um, and with 70 employees, it just gets become to become very time consuming. But yeah, we we are super excited. We're still managing to all the operations here at, at in Waco. We still you know control the, the processes that we've created it, it definitely is different um, our platform is different our processes are different and, and they don't want to interrupt that by any means they just want to make sure that we are uh, set up financially to grow and to assist with that and then also strategically however they can help that's what they communicated at the very beginning and it's been a little over 90 days and they're still very much that tone Colin and I are still around all of our team is still here and there's no really in, intention to leave we're, we're having a lot of fun it's t- it still very much feels like we're just getting started, and it really feels like the early days, just the excitement of the opportunity and how much market out there there is to to help, and and not only in, in student. Well, and and uh, it's been amazing kind of seeing you guys make the transition into conventional multifamily and and solving a lot of issues there. I think um, you know one thing. I think this probably you know certainly on my mind, and and I had questions for you right away about the acquisition because RealPage has made a you know a string of acquisitions over the past several years, and and a lot of that for the founders has been kind of their their exit strategy in a lot of ways. I don't want to speak for all of them, but you know that that's you know been the plan with some of them. And I was, <laughs> when we talked, I didn't know to say, you know, hey, how's that Mata on the, <laughs> on the beach? And are you, uh, are you, you know, looking at early retirement or, or, or what? But you said, hey, Wes, I'm still here. Colin and I are both still here. So, so you guys have no plans of, of going anywhere. I think, you know, the other thing, because I'm sure a lot of our audience are real page clients both from a, a property management system, but even using their current utility management systems. Is is there a plan for that to go over to simple bills or, or how is, are those going to continue to be separate platforms? If you can answer that. Yeah. I mean, where it makes sense. Sure. But you know, we haven't gotten much into that quite yet. We are still so focused on the opportunity before us prior, even prior to the acquisition. Like I said, you know, real pages really just wants to be a resource for us where they believe that uh, our platform could be valuable to their clients. I think we'll be positioned in, in a way that it would be helpful to them and we would have those discussions. 
But as of right now, there's just so much opportunity before us uh, in student and in other markets that we just have to, you know, it's, that's where our focus is right now. If, if, if there are other real page clients that are utilizing a, a different platform and want to talk, sure, we'll definitely have the conversation, but wherever it makes sense, obviously. Gotcha. And, and I'm assuming all the other integrations with the other, uh, you know, current uh, property management platforms that are out there, uh, as well as, you know, I'm sure there's probably more to come in, in the coming years. You guys are, are still able to to integrate with those and there's no issues there, I'm assuming. Yeah, that's that's one of the value props for Simple Bills is that, you know, the, the client doesn't have to be a real page client uh, to utilize Simple Bills, right? Um, as as we've gotten close to real page, they, they definitely have some incredible products out there that I think um, I, I've never really sought out or, or looked into, but after seeing them, I'm, I'm pretty impressed. So there, there is, there, it's definitely not a requirement, and we can we're definitely still integrated with many of the the other property management softwares, and and that list is ever growing. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I got a feeling you got you've got even a you probably know of some that probably have never seen the light of day because <laughs> I'm, I'm constantly uh, intrigued at some of these homebrew type of uh, property management systems that people sure. come up with. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. hey, talk a little bit about the the trends that you've seen in student housing, you know, during your tenure and, and what do you see on the horizon that will, you know, be most important to, to students in relationship to, to the utilities and billing services? Is there anything out there kind of um, on the horizon? You know, obviously, you guys are now on a, you've got an app for managers and, and students and, and that type of thing. Talk a little bit about those trends and, and kind of what you're seeing that will be coming down the road. Yeah. I think the biggest trend that we're seeing that we believe that our clients want is just a really good experience. With 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 simple bills, we see ourselves as an extension to the property. And so we see um, the resident's experience with simple bills as a reflection uh, you know, to the property. We want that to be successful. So experience, I think, is, is the key word there, trying to always enhance that and, and allow the best for not only the resident, but also for the property. With that comes controlling that experience as much as possible so that it can be a good one. Anything outside of our control, is it, it gets very frustrating, and there's a lot of that in, in the utility space Yeah, uh, just because uh, there's, there's municipalities that we're dealing with and entities that don't necessarily have much incentive to do the best, but we're trying to come in here and, and trying to flip that on its head, right? And so... We, we try to control that experience through automation and just creative business processes so that that experience is, is a good one. Hey, really quick on the on the, the kind of the legislation uh, side of it. I, I know my home state of North Carolina is is uh, was certainly in fact, that was kind of my first introduction to, to Mike that you mentioned earlier back in the back in the early days. I think uh, I think I was presenting to him the first property you guys may have been looking at in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And that was at the same time the utility commission was coming out with a bunch of new regulations. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it was, uh, it kind of caught everybody off guard a little bit that was operating in the student housing space, but be it student housing or just, you know, setting up as a billing service provider, what, what's, you know, two or three of the toughest states to, uh, to navigate with that. 
Yeah, I'm not sure if I have to say two or three. I think uh, the number one is North Carolina. <laughs> okay, gotcha. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's some nuances throughout the states that you have to pay attention to. You know, Oregon, California, to name a few. Texas has a few quirks. But North Carolina, you know, you have to become an electric reseller as a property. Mm-hmm. Um, and that process is is difficult and long. We used to see that state as the stepchild, but we actually see it as kind of our strength now. Yeah, We've got so many properties there, and have uh, you know streamlined that process to onboard a property. We take that bull by the horns pretty well now. We went and sat down with NCUC and tried to figure out what what can we do and uh, create a relationship with them and fully understand the process, so that when we we go into that market, we know what we're doing. And so wh- whatever we find about about uh, regulation or if there's changes, we we seek to abide by it as as much as we can. You know, thankfully, as of you know so far, we haven't had any issues. You know. And I think what that boils down to is just uh, our attentiveness to the utility regulation uh, and also meeting the customer's needs as well to, to make sure that, you know, we're abiding by what the law states and then also operating with as much integrity as possible as a company. Yeah. Is there, uh, we've got a lot of developers that, that listen to the show, a lot of first time developers that I've met. And when I say first time developers, kind of first time moving into student housing because they're really trying to understand the operations behind it. What, if, if there is anything, is there any advice that you would give uh, to a new developer that that's uh, that's going through that process right now that may end up saving them money either from some type of, of tax or billing concession. Uh, maybe it's due to efficient fixtures like LED bulbs or smart thermostats. Anything that, you know, if I was a developer and saying, hey, Kevin, I know you know the utility industry from a multifamily standpoint. Uh, if you were creating something from scratch on a new development, you know, how can I save the most money, both from a OPEX standpoint, as well as maybe on tax concessions and, and those type of things? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the, the biggest obvious one is, is the Energy Star, you know, the appliances you choose, the, the low flow toilets, the, you know, the, the approved shower heads, the LED light bulbs, the fixtures, you know, making sure that those are within the guidelines of Energy Star scoring is, is very, very important. That can you know, make a, a complete loop with identifying opportunity with green financing. I would say the biggest piece of, of going into a new development is, is submetering for water and investing uh, the, the capital expense upfront for not only just submetering, but the right submetering system. <laughs> a lot mm-hmm. of people will go cheap and easy and that'll bite them down the road. But I would say submeter as much as you can as possible. So not just the units, but the irrigation, the pool, the common areas, you know, so you're not having to, you know, in the long run, like pay for you know, sewer on an irrigation system, you know, because the city will definitely invoice that for you. And then it also helps you identify uh, leaks. So, you know, if, if you're not submetering your pool, uh, but you see a spike and in usage and your your meter is connected to your irrigation and to your pool how do you know what's happening so the goal here is to identify early on what to invest in and i would say submetering is pretty significant gotcha and you guys will as far as rolling out a submeter project either pre or post construction if a if a property manager or a developer comes to you and says hey we want to use you guys mm-hmm. you know from a standpoint of of utility management you guys are also able to walk them through that submeter process and source the the materials and mm-hmm. and t- 
take is it, is it a complete turnkey where you guys are bringing out the the plumbers and everything or is it just uh just where you're providing the the equipment yeah so what we've found is that a lot of uh, developers will want to get multiple quotes yeah and so we will provide them uh, with a quote uh, for some meters um, the hardware and the install uh, and facilitate the process through install and we really like that because we know it's going to be done right because we're usually picking up the invoicing after that. Many times a lot of stuff go wrong during that install process with incorrectly installing meters and mislabeling meters. Um, mm-hmm. And it can cause a pretty big headache uh, at the be- beginning and even delay billing. So yeah, we, we do we do that for new builds and then we do retrofits as well. We actually just did a pretty large retrofit in your neck of the woods. I think it was over a thousand units and oh, wow. you know a- after we're able to show the owner the amount of money that they can recoup it's um the the initial capital expenditure to do the the retrofit doesn't look as daunting <laughs> um that's always yeah. seems to be the problem is just you know seeing that number uh to put it meters install install meters into your property it's it can be big but in the long run it really is the best option yeah, I think, you know, from from my standpoint, as far as you know, seeing this industry over the past two or twenty years, that you know, so much of the of the early developers were just merchant builders. So, if they weren't going to recoup anything after you know three or four years, then you know, spending the extra money on something like submeters didn't make a whole lot of sense. But now, especially post recession, where you've really got to make sure that you're keeping those things under control, and you're looking at not just from a standpoint of being able to build back to residents, but also trying to to narrow down where that you know where that water leak is happening, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, I tell every developer or anyone that's looking at an acquisition now. You got to go the the submeter route because you know what it's going to end up allowing you to do from an OPEX standpoint, I think just makes all the sense in the world. And, sure. and we've, in a lot of ways, I think we've done students kind of a, a disservice in keeping the, with the water included in the rent because they don't really understand how much they're using. And I, I think it's just, it's the right choice. And I think it's the, it's an economical choice as well to, to do that. So good to know that, uh, that you guys provide that as well. So let's talk a little bit about, we talked about the states that are, that are kind of the worst for, (laughs) for, for dealing with, but there are these unregulated states where, you know, you can kind of go out and shop, you know, your, your provider. You guys are able to assist in that process as well than those states that allow that, correct? Yeah, sure. So what we call that is, you know, deregulation and we will work with a client to go through the procurement process uh, to identify you know, what, what's the best for that client. And through that process, you, you know, review the invoices over the past 12 months and you identify consumption and what the rate of that consumption is. And, and you can take that, that data and, and go shop and, um, and, and utilize that data to get the lowest rates as possible. <clears throat> We're definitely for deregulation. I think it's, it's a great thing. And that procurement process is, is very needed and very important. Uh, in, in student housing in general, I, I really don't feel like that is um, – it hasn't been much of a focus up until recently. Really? Um, yeah, well, from my perspective. For the size of the industry and as companies are becoming uh, larger, it's, it's really interesting to see how many companies don't have a, like a comprehensive energy strategy. And, mm-hmm. you know, in order to 
just because there's just so much going on. There's only so much mind share that you can get with an executive, re, you know, regarding utilities and, and energy management. It's really not that not that fun to talk about, to be honest <laughs> with you. Uh, not very interesting. But when you put the numbers on the paper and you can identify some significant savings, which in the long run will help, you know, that's that's where we've been able to get attention. But I think student housing is just kind of turning a corner to to more of comprehensive strategies for energy management, uh, specifically on the procurement side in the deregulated states. So, so that kind of leads me to another question uh, in regards to sustainability, right? I think that's a, I think I saw a post today with uh, Harrison Street Capital posted something on LinkedIn. They had kind of a, a group together in their conference room that were talking about sustainability efforts. And, you know, they're, they're not even a manager. They've got other management companies managing their assets, but from an ownership standpoint, they really want to take a, you know, they want to take a concerted effort on coming up with what that plan is. Is there, you know, if there's a a company out there that's listening to this podcast and they're looking at coming up with, you know, some type of uh, sustainability plan and, and energy management plan, is that something that they can lean on simple bills? Is there someone out there that you would refer them to? Any, any experience with that at all? Yeah. Before acquisition with RealPage, um, we dabbled a little bit in it and we would facilitate the process. We wouldn't keep that in-house because it wasn't our, our core competency. Mm-hmm. But and we, we would refer to broker partnerships that we had that very much could facilitate that. But since the acquisition, the, the procurement team, the energy management team has blown me away. These people uh, love love utilities <laughs> more than I've ever seen in my life. Um and um, it's pretty awesome. Yes, we can definitely handle procurement, the process, um, energy management, you know, going through the, the Energy Star and um, even Gresby, just, just anything regarding uh, strategy with, with sustainability, we can definitely facilitate and help. Oh, cool. Well, Kevin, that, I, I appreciate you, you sharing that. And I think, and really, I think it, it, this has been a, a huge benefit, not just from a standpoint of understanding, you know, simple bills and the and the entrepreneurial story behind how it was created and and the the frustration that you guys were really solving. But beyond that, you know, it just seeing where you guys have come to at this point, and then uh, the value that you you guys just bring to a conversation like this. I think it's we're not always thinking about utilities because they're behind the walls and they're you know, underground. <laughs> so um, it, it's it's really cool that you guys are expanded beyond just the the billing management part of it. And just happy that you uh, were able to take some time out and and bless our audience with, with all this great knowledge <laughs> on utilities. <laughs> so again, I want to, I want to thank you for the, the sponsorship for, for this year with the podcast and with our summits that we've been doing. Thanks for, for being a great partner with us. And, you know, if there's anything, if someone's listening to this and, and they don't have a utility management uh, plan in place, or maybe they need to have a sustainability plan put in place, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you guys? Yeah, they can reach out to us. You can email me, Kevin at simplebills.com. We'd love to talk. Uh, I appreciate US and your, your your belief in our platform. You've learned, you've heard about us a long time ago, and uh, we've even gleaned a lot of insight from you. So yeah, it's it's been a joy being a part of the journey at Simple Bills. 
and it's it's been fun working with you guys as well. So I appreciate the opportunity. Well, great. Well, Kevin, take care and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Well, guys, there you have it. Again, a big thanks to Simple Bills for sponsoring both the podcast and for being an annual sponsor for our regional summits this past year. Don't forget, we have more regional summits planned starting in May of 2020, as well as a new event we are calling Market Meetups. You can get more information about all of that at our website at studenthousinginsight.com. Also, we will be at this year's IMN's 360 Student Housing Conference, January 16th and 17th in California. If you want more info on that, go to imn.org or look for the link in the show notes. Guys, have a great day.